Welcome, everybody, to Dynamite Download, your home for all positive coverage on All Elite Wrestling. You got your co-host. I'm joined with my guy, SPD, and I'm your boy, Crayfish. And I'm going to tell you, we are going to be all smiles tonight because we are joined by one of my absolute personal favorites, one of the best heels in all of AEW, particularly over the, this course of 2021, my guy, the one, the only, QT Marshall, ladies and gentlemen. QT, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm excited. Absolutely, man. QT, I, we're going to get into you know some of your great uh, heel work over the course of this year. But for those of the, those fans out there that don't know, you're, you haven't always been a heel, man. I've, I've been preaching it to anybody who will listen. Honestly, QT Marshall is the working man's hero. This is a guy who has never handed anything, who worked and scratched and clawed. Just a, a guy from Jersey who's chasing a dream. And it, I feel like your story is something that doesn't get heard enough um, by the common fan. Uh, tell us a little bit before we get into all the great stuff that you've been able to produce for us over the course of this year. Uh, tell us a little bit about who you are before you got to AEW. Who is QT Marshall? Uh, it's a kid with a dream, right? I mean, I'm 36 now, so I'm not a, a child anymore. But um, I always say when you're growing up, your parents ask you to, to just work hard and be whatever you want to be when you grow up. And now as an adult, I realize that that meant be a doctor, go to school, get a degree, the whole deal. Uh, I took them seriously and, you know, I wanted to be a wrestler. So I figured out that there were wrestling schools and there, you know, all these things. And at the age of 18, I went to a wrestling school. It's the only thing I've ever wanted to do in my life. Um, with that being said, I've always had great side jobs, whether it be working in restaurants or, you know, waiting tables, bartending, whatever it could be mm -hmm. and make sure that I was never, you know, looked at from my parents in a way of like, uh, here's my son, you know, he's a loser. He's not, you know, he's, you know, he doesn't have a job. He's living on the couch. You know, I moved out at the age of 19. You know what I mean? I had my first apartment and I paid for it on my own. I wasn't getting help because we didn't come from the greatest family uh, when it came to money, but we came from the, I think the absolute best family when it came to support. Uh, dad never missed a baseball game, you know, neither did my mom, you know, however, however we made it work, we made it work. If there was something I wanted somehow, some way, you know, whether it was my mom bartending or my dad picking up side jobs, like I always got everything I wanted. So I was never left out in a community where everybody was from a family that was pretty well off. Right. Mm -hmm. So it just taught me those values. Like, Hey, no one's going to hand you anything. You really have to just take what you can get. And at the same time, if you believe in yourself and you believe that it can be attained, just go for it. What's the worst that's going to happen. You're going to be in the same place you are now. Uh, so that's why I think over the, my life, you know, when I was 12 years old, I always said I wanted to be a wrestler. And there was this girl that I wanted to marry. And I have the girl and I'm a wrestler. Wow. So wow. it works out, you know, um, people thought I was crazy then. And they probably still think I'm crazy now until <laughs> they turn on dynamite and see me on TV. And then I get those texts like, oh, my God, you did it. You know, so you're living the dream, living the dream 100 percent. And uh, going back to what you're saying, yeah, a lot of people don't know that stuff because I don't know if it's the popular story to tell. And we already have so many of those stories on TV. Oh, it's my dream. And oh, and that's great. It should be everyone's dream to be a wrestler. Else don't, don't be there. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, I always say, like, there can only be one best wrestler in the, in, in you know, the, the best of what they do. Right. Mm -hmm. There can only be one um, 
you know, former football player. It's so many. So I don't want to sell that as my gimmick. But at the right. end of the day, uh, my real story does connect with a lot of people because Absolutely. it is about struggle. It is about, you know, just being persistent and, you know, having people tell you it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And you know what? And it didn't happen for a very long time. And then looking in the mirror and trying to figure out why it didn't happen. What did right. I do wrong? Mm. Um without blaming everybody else, you know, maybe it was me, maybe it was the idea that I let people get in my head or I told the wrong thing to the wrong person or, you know, and over time you just, you learn all of these things. And I've learned, uh, as my trainer, Bubba Ray Dudley would say, uh, you eat a crap sandwich once in a while <laughs> and you have to know when to eat it and when to give it back. Sure. And, uh, now I'm at the point that I'm never going to eat one. No, I'm just kidding. But again, if I have to, because it's better for my career, it's better for my life overall, I'm still going to do it, right? You have to be able to humble yourself at certain points. Um, and because I live that way, and that's why I used to say when I worked at Disney World, when I was waiting tables, right? I have to be so nice to all of these guests because I'm on stage at all times. That's what they, that was their quote. You're on stage. Always smile, yada, 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 all yeah. that crap. It was very easy for me to go in front of a wrestling audience and be a heel because I genuinely was so fed up with the common human being, you know, and then if you say something to me or you don't respect what I'm doing, it's easy for me to be mean, you know, and tell you like it is. And a lot of the times it's not that I'm a, a, a heel. I'm telling the truth. A lot of people just don't like the truth, you know. So instead of sugarcoating it on AEW, I'm allowed to speak my mind uh, and write my own you know, write my own promos and mm. speak from the heart. So, uh, yeah. It's, it's, That's why we love AEW is being able to create a freedom and the truth. I mean, not to steal any slogans, but the truth is the truth and your story is legit and that's why i love the wrestler documentary so much i mean this story you just told is even deeper than what we saw in that documentary yeah. um and i'm a sucker for like the behind the scenes and i love watching the peaks and valleys and just hearing you talk about those peaks and valleys and seeing it on that documentary it was really um yeah happy ending at the way but there's so much left to the story now what's it like looking back at that documentary that was released just a few short years ago to where you are in AEW today on national tv yeah, it's it's wild, man. Uh, <laughs> the story about how that documentary even came to be. I'm just friends with the like the director. I'm friends with his brother. And he was wow. just like, hey, can my brother make a documentary about wrestling? He was supposed to wrestle. And then he saw my, I had a match with Damian Priest at the Monster Factory. And he was like, I'm not doing this. And he was like, I'll just follow you. And I told him, I said, Frank, as long as you don't bother me, man, like, I don't care. Yeah you know, Hey, this is your dream to be a director. Cool. Do sure. it. And then in the midst of it, all of these other things happen. And he was like, man, I think we have a really good story here. And I was like, cool. I'm glad you're happy. Cause this is the worst time of my life. <laughs> Great. And, uh, professionally at least. Right. right. So then yeah. He, you know, and then, uh, he just started shopping it around. And I remember when we, we went to Comic-Con in San Diego and they announced the winner and it was us. And I was thinking, cause the whole time I'm thinking like, how am I going to pretend that I thought we even have a chance. Right. You know what I mean? Because I did look at it from a technical aspect and there were some technical issues with it and sound and this. And I mean, they're, they're a bunch of at, right out of college kids, right? So right. it's not going to be perfect. But I also think that's what made it so great too. Um, so with that being said, when they announced us as the winner, I went to all the judges privately and I just asked them, what, like, why, why did we win, right? What was the idea? And I remember uh, one of them said, it's not about wrestling. This is a story about a dream mm. coming true or pursuing your dreams. And Love everyone it. can relate to it. 
everybody's wanted a job at some point in their life mm -hmm. and have been told no and trying to figure out how to get there. And we all felt it. And the moment that I was at the dinner table with my wife, my, you know, who was my girlfriend at the time and my mother, and they're just, you know, double teaming me about how it's not working out. And, and I'm, I remember literally thinking like, who cares? I'm not right. asking for money. Like who gives a crap? Like, let me do what I want to do. If I want to wrestle on the weekends and, and, you know, work exactly. in the restaurant during the week or whatever I was doing, selling tools at the time, like who gives a crap? Yeah. I'm going to do what I want to do, you know? And I've always been like that. And, and my mom, she always has this saying when she'll tell me her advice and then she'll say, you know what? You're in a much better position than I'm in. And this is even before wrestling took off. Like right. I've always been in a decent position financially because I always never wanted to be the broke person. Right. So I just remember thinking like, and she would say, uh, you know, Hey, this is my advice, but you're obviously, you've never made a bad decision in your life. So do whatever you feel is best. And I did. And, you know, that's that's why I'm here today doing this. <laughs> I love that scene in the documentary. You were it is tough. And I know what it's like having parents and, you know, a spouse saying one thing that that tag team is tough. But to follow your dream, follow your heart, even after the constant, you know, letdowns or the constant knockdowns, you're getting back up time and time and time again. It's not how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you get back up and, and you've yeah. gotten back up every single time and then some and you're climbing to the top of the mountain. So this story is definitely Crying. far, far from over. For you and there's so up. much, so much ahead, you know, with the factory and what you're doing behind the scenes and, and in front of, or, you know, on camera. Do you ever see a part two to the documentary coming? Uh, do you think that's a possibility? We joke about it all the time. Um, that's why we did back in the day uh, when AEW first started, we did like the undeniable or undesirable to undeniable with me where we kind of told the ending of the story a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think people are watching it now. So to kind of, yeah. to kind of show the behind the scenes, like I'm, I'm an open book, you know, mm -hmm. as long as it's not something I'm going to lose my job over. Like I don't mind telling sure. people what I do, like it's okay. Because at the end of the day as well, yeah, I work really hard behind the scenes and yes, I'm in with all the people I'm in with, but that doesn't mean I'm sitting back there politicking for stuff. Right. Like I, if I was, I would be wrestling for the world title every week. You know what I mean? Like of course. Of I just course. take what I'm given. I try to do the absolute best I can. Um, and when the factory thing was was brought up, the idea was obviously not to push me. It was to push the other guys. Right. But they they're all unknown. And I had a story. And, you know, I always joke about this. But like, you know, right now, Anthony's in England. He had another surgery on it, uh, you know, and and Camarado's, you know, he had that bull rope match with kind of it left a little bit of, of uh, bumps and bruises on him. And, mm -hmm. you know, then they're solo. And it was just like I, you know. Doc Samson's not going to like this, but like, I'm never going to be hurt. You're never going to find out that I'm injured. It is what it is, man. We right. wrestled for 12, 15 minutes, like at most I can suck it up for 15 minutes. Right. You'll never know if I'm injured. I'm just going to go out. Like, this is my dream. So you're not going to pull me from the game. You know what I mean? So Love it. Um, with that being said, like, yeah, if someone can't be there and the story needs this person or that person, I'm going to step up to the plate. And if I'm asked, I'm going to do the best job possible. And whether the fans like it or not, which they're not supposed to like me. That's the other right. thing. Like, now, if you want to use the insider stuff of like, oh, well, that time should be given to other people. Fine. Let them let no them way. politic me out of it. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know I'm going to make money behind the scenes and in front of the camera eventually when I get my shot. Yep. Um, but I'm never going to stab anyone in the back. I'm not going to politic for my spot because I want it to be earned. And I also don't 
I'm too busy to deal with that. <laughs> the drama. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like, it's not worth it to me. You know, I, if, if I'm asked, I give my opinion. If um, someone asks me if I have any ideas, yeah, of course I have a bunch of ideas, but I'm not going to wait outside the office and, hey, this is what I need to do. Hey, how do I make this work? You know, right. I'm already living my dream, man. Like, you know, it is what it is. That's great. You're so authentic, man. And and one of the things that you said about the factory that I think goes un unheralded, especially with those who like to sling arrows online, is exactly like what you talked about was, you know, you have these guys who are relatively unknowns who all of a sudden had character motivations, who had feuds, who had stories that that could then give more eyes to dark and to these to, to up and coming. And now all of a sudden, I mean, there are people all around. I mean, I know I'm not alone when I say that the factory is chock full of talent. I mean, Anthony Agogo is a guy who we see a ton of upside in. Nick, the Mr. Freak Beast is a guy who is a absolutely unique talent, right? And and I and I, watching Aaron kind of be by your side this last, well, when you dumped the shake on, on Tony. Um, yeah. you know, honestly, QT, I could watch a whole SPD talk to you about the, the wrestler. I could watch a whole mini series just about the factory. I I love what you guys are doing. I love the like the whole fabric of what you guys are about. Um, can you tell us though, you know, how this group came together? Because you're somebody who was working, as you talked about, day in, day out, on the grind, right, with these guys and trying to help get them to where they, where you see them being. How did you pick these guys to be part of this group? How did, Just give us a little background on what made the factory a, 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 what they are today. Yeah, so a lot of it was, um, you know, basically, let's put it this way, Tony's idea, <laughs> uh, you know. Tony is a, is a huge wrestling fan, right? Yeah. So he knows a lot about wrestling. And, you know, we all remember the Nexus and yep. how that came to be. It was a bunch of unknowns um, with one person that they kind of built up being Wade. Yep. And, you know, one day we were just talking about it. He was like, man, you have such a, you know, your partners with Cody in this school. You have all of these students. Like, who are your top students? We had already signed Anthony and I was training him anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we were training him and he was really putting in the work. And he has a lot, of, like you said. A lot of upside to him. Um, Camarado had just gotten released from WWE, from NXT, for whatever reason they did that. And I've known him for such a long time. I mean, he's in the wrestler movie. Yeah, I yep. love seeing that part. So I had brought him in as an extra, and he impressed because he did it. You know, he does what he does. And so there, those were the two. The third one was the hard one. It was – and the reason being is I helped train Camarado originally. Mm -hmm. with a go-go so that was our underlying thing like let me find people that i've trained hmm. i had a bunch of other people that i thought could be in it um but solo was somebody that we were high on we just didn't know what to do with him hmm. uh, and he's already i don't have to teach him now he did invest in himself and he flew himself here to atlanta for a whole month he lived in an airbnb oh, um wow. and he trained every night and we worked on promos and he was somebody he wanted it you know what i mean and it was mm -hmm. like you can't – It's a, at the end of the day, after you see that much uh, uh, persistence, right, you're like, you know what, throw him a bone. Let's see what he can right. do. And I don't have to worry about him getting in the ring and not being able to perform. He knows how to wrestle. We just had to make people care about him in, in uh, the right or wrong way. And, in, you know, so that was kind of – I remember Tony mentioning him, and I said, well, I didn't train him. And he said, well, yeah, he did. You know, for a month he did. So right. – Maybe you're the key to success. 
Maybe they come to you and you're the one that opens the door for them and blah, 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 blah. And I said, I love that idea. Uh, How do you think we go about it? And, you know, obviously the things worked out the way they did. And, you know, going back to what I said about what the uh, group was for, Mm-hmm. You don't think I wanted to wrestle Cody a double or nothing? Like <laughs> the selfish me would have loved to be at that pay-per-view. Yeah. In the middle of the ring against Cody Rhodes. But that's not what it was for. Right. Mm-hmm. And I knew that going in. And I think that's why the factory does work is they legitimately listen to my ideas and they know I'm coming from a place that is to help them. And at the same time, if it's not to help them for whatever reason, whatever story we're going with or whatever it is, I tell them, hey, guys, I'm going to be selfish on this one. Like, this is for me. But the the more I can do here, the more it gets us better and over and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just honest with them. And we don't have each other trying to, you know, go behind each other's backs and pitch ideas and all this stuff. So uh, last night, you, I mean, you'll see it on Monday on Elevation. It's Camarado and Solo teaming, and I'm on commentary. All right. Ooh. I still have yet to wrestle in front of 7,000 people. Like, you don't think I wanted to go out there and wrestle? But I also know that we have to keep building a group and not just one person. And I think that's where a lot of the factions in general, not just in AEW, everywhere, there's always like the leader and whatever he's doing, everyone else has to do. Sure. And that's not what it's about, you know, and especially it's much easier knowing when the boss tells you beforehand, hey, this is what we're trying to get across. Let's figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. I love love that just uplifting each other and that's what we try to do a nice quote we love to live by uplift others as you climb and so you guys are definitely doing that forming this brotherhood uh, we really like to see that now talking about the factory and possible growth I know you've mentioned it before but any female talents that are catching your eyes that maybe uh, we might see join the factory so there's a bunch at the facility right now literally in the other room nice <laughs> There's about 10, right? Okay. So, wow. of course, you know, originally Jade was hired and she was brought. So that that was clickbait everywhere. Oh, my God. Right. QT said Jade was going to be. No, I didn't say that. I said that originally I thought like, oh, that could be a good idea. But with her, with the relationship that she has with Shaq, with, right. you know, who she is, her brand that she's already built. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't that if anything, like we can present her a much different way. We sure. don't have to present her as an up and comer, all this. She's a star. Present her as a star. Definitely. I'm not going to take it away from her, you know? Uh, and I still coach her anyway on the side. You know what I mean? So it's like, right. I don't need that clout, right? Um, but there are a lot that are here uh, in our new camp as well. And, it, you know, there's some that have been on dark before. Um, it's all about pulling the trigger at the right time. Sure. And knowing, course. like, again, I don't want us now from a company standpoint to just hire someone that doesn't have any plan. Right. And you just, you know, one, it's not my money, so I can't make that decision anyway. And two, I know what it's like to to be at TV and not wrestle. Mm. Luckily, I have the behind the scenes where I, I'm busy and stuff, but I can't imagine going to TV and just sitting around all day and doing nothing, yeah. you know, which is why we try to, like, get away from that, which is why sometimes dark is 25 matches long. Like, we want everyone to work. It is what it is. Like, we want you to wrestle. This is your dream, and the happier you are, the happier, you know, the better you're going to do for us. And the happier the fans are going to be, and everyone wins. Team effort. It's so true, too. I mean, like, you talk a lot about recognizing and connecting with what it's like to 
to feel on the outside looking in. And just so much of what you talk about, QT, is is really evident of a guy who remembers where, where he came from, remembers the struggle, and wants to try to pay that forward. I I, I really admire uh, the behind-the-scenes, the, the thought, thoughtfulness that you have um, with your approach. It, well, that's, so, yeah, go ahead. Well, with that being said, this is going to sound terrible, but I'm going to say I am not worried about my spot. Whether it, whether I have a spot or not, I'm not worried about it. Yep. I still to this day, when we're not on the road, I'm training. I'm mm -hmm. in the way. I'm working on stuff. I'm keeping my body ready Like, because you never know when the call is going to come. And I think a lot of others, not in AEW, just in general, right? Everyone's always worried about that kind of stuff. Right. So they can't worry about lifting other people up because they have to worry about themselves. And I And honestly – it is a detriment to me as well, where sometimes I miss out on things because I am worried about being seen as that person because I never right. liked that person. Mm -hmm. I never liked going to the indie show and seeing the 47-year-old 47 guy that's friends with the promoter in the main event, knowing that I'm going to get a better reaction because it is what it is, right? Like yep. That's why I've always rubbed people the wrong way, and I'm okay with it. I don't mind. Like I'm not here to make a lot of friends. You know, uh, I'm here to, to live out my dream. But I'm also going to do it the right way. And right. I'm not going to, like, again, I'm not going to create enemies by stabbing people in the back and talking behind their backs. I obviously have to talk about a lot of people, but I'm never going to say anything that I will never say to their face. And if they don't like what I say to their face, that's on them. It is what it is, you know, because, you know, at the end of the day, I loved when Cody told me, hey, if you want to wrestle, these are what things that you have to do. You have to tell people you want to wrestle. You have to do this. You have to do that. Like, this isn't you said you wanted to be a producer. We gave you a job as a, you know, all these mm -hmm. things. Um, and as much as it, it's, it wasn't great to hear it. I'd rather you just tell me the truth. Of like, course. Hey, how do I, you know, I want to be world champion. Well, you have to do this, 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 this. okay, sure. Great. At least I know. Give or, it to hey, me straight, right? Okay. Absolutely. It's never going to happen. Cool. Like I just don't want to be in, Oh my God, what's going to, you know what I mean? So it's just the way I think, you know, and it's not very popular, but it is what it is. <laughs> When you're when you're focused on working and grinding and you keep in busy, a lot of the like the time you find you don't have the time for the drama and for right. all that extra stuff, right? And, and it's that is so evident in your personality. And hey, man, it's it's no wonder why you respect that truth when it's given back to you because that's one of the things that SP and I, SPD and I talk about all the time. You just have that mentality. You're a truth teller, man. Like rub people the wrong way or not doesn't really seem to matter. It's just about being honest and authentic. And that's what I respect about you. I love that about you, QT. Um, that said, right, you mentioned Cody a few times. We we have to acknowledge the elephant in the room. You know, this was always about the war. Um, sure. I, I remember you, talk, you talked about that, this battle between the factory and Cody was all about the war. Give us a little insight as what your mentality is right now at going forward. Are, are you... I know you're for, you're somebody who looks forward. What's next for QT Marshall in the factory? Uh, is this war with Cody over, or do you have th next things in mind? What are your goals as the leader of this faction? I think uh, someone asked me that today on Twitter. Uh, like, mm. I just want to keep winning, right? Keep trying to rack up as many wins as we can mm -hmm. uh, and put ourselves in position to – kind of change the perception of who we are. Mm. Um, I think I've kind of graduated from just being Cody's friend, okay. right? Definitely. And I think 
having really good matches and you know an AEW wins and losses are what matter, right? Um, but at the same time, it's also about like the fans trusting what you're doing and making you know, hey, no one wants to be taken advantage of while we're watching the episode or the show. And uh, so that's my biggest thing is I just genuinely want people to know that okay, whether hey, I might not be the most entertaining when I'm out there, right? Like I get that a lot. Oh, he's has no charisma. Sure, whatever you want to say, man. I'm also going to tell you that you're not going to see me out there making a mockery of what we do. You know what I mean? And yep. and not that anyone in AEW, just in general, that's always been my mentality. Uh, wrestling was never always like the popular thing um, once the Attitude Era end. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't want to, it's bad enough, right? That, you know, we're out there dressed the way we're dressed and we're in doing your underwear. Right. Yeah. So I'd rather not make a mockery of it. I'd rather have fun with it and, and treat it the right way and all that stuff. And that's, that's, I think, why, like, Cody and I, knowing that we have this school together, we never trained together. You know what I mean? Like, we teach, but we've never trained in the ring. Like, oh, right. let's do this. And we just went out there and had matches because right. we're both professional wrestlers. And uh, to me, there, there's nothing better than that. Now, he's obviously got his hands full with, you know, uh, Malachi, who just yeah. came in. So I'm going to let them do their thing. And, uh, <laughs> yes. you know, I have – Next week, uh, going up what you said about me being snubbed last, you know, last night, uh, that was in a, something that I had spoken about. And I said, you know, I think it's best if we save it for next week. One, the show is extremely loaded, right? Mm-hmm. I do know that because helping out with the backstage stuff. Uh, two, Tony's, his son's going to be there. And I said, you know what? Let's, we can make this a lot better. Oh, you know? man. Uh, so, you know, we had one of the stagehands pass the note to him in the middle of the show, and he read it. And uh, you know, so I'm I'm excited. We'll see how that goes. Um, you know what what is left to happen? I don't know. I just hope to continue to get to wrestle and keep my job behind the scenes. And and I always say like, I work extremely hard behind the scenes to keep my job wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't ever want to get where it looks like, oh, you know what? He's really focusing on wrestling. Let's take the other stuff away because oh, I enjoy man. the other stuff too. You're a, a busy man behind the scenes. That is for sure. You know, some of the – we can't wait for what's in store of the factory. Like we've, we've said all along, we are huge supporters of what you guys are doing, an outstanding faction, and the sky is definitely the limit. You know, some of our favorite promos you did were the almost Soprano-style segments love talking that. to the therapist. Crayfish's yeah. favorite oh, show man, of all time. I love that. We want more of those. Those are yeah. absolutely home runs. Please give us more of those. Okay. Yeah. I, those those ideas were great. those. Uh, that, that was fun for me. I mean, you know, I was just telling the truth. That's the other thing, too. Like, Cody, you know, he's got a lot of stuff that you can talk about, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know. But at the same time, like, yeah, I say them from a jealous perspective right because that's my character and and honestly i am envious of some of the stuff he has like sure. i'd love to be a multi-millionaire you know what i mean i love my own tour bus uh with that being said you know people that fans that are going to hate on him for that like that's absurd like just go work harder like whatever you know right. what i mean and of course that's my that's what the story we were telling mm-hmm. i am envious and jealous of him so i'm gonna try to take his spot uh, I'm not going to just go to his bank and steal his money. I'm going to try to take his spot. I'm going to try to beat him whichever way I have to. And that's how we're going to tell that story. So now it's just a matter of who else do I have an issue with hmm. in AEW, right? Uh, and so we got to figure it all out. Right now we're just getting the reps in and, you know, 
uh, Shivani, I didn't like the way he spoke to me that night. I don't blame so, you. The yeah, disrespect I, that you get. Is, no, and I knew what was going to, he was going to go into how I lost and I didn't want to hear it. So I just cut him off, you know, and at the end of the day, Solo was drinking his protein shake. <laughs> I thought it was the opportunity. No, I knew it. what was he going to do? Fight me. You know, <laughs> right. Right. Like, the end of the day. You know, <laughs> what are you going to do Tony about it? To death, but was he gonna, he's going to fist fight me. Right. So, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, literally come to my factory and fight me. I'm okay yeah. with it. You call I got people 75 out students the over there that are going to help me knock you out. So right. it goes for any fan. Come to the factory and fight me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll see. I mean, like I said, there's going to be an apology this week on Dynamite at Homecoming. I'm excited for it. I think Tony's excited for it too. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how it goes. I hope that you're the one receiving the apology, QT. I, I think that you deserve it personally. Maybe we both apologize. I don't know. Oh, I don't wow. Know we'll you know, uh, look it out. I haven't really seen him too much backstage since. Um, I try to, you know, let him come to me is my thought process, right? Right. But, he, you know, maybe he's being stubborn. So I said, you know what? Let's do it in the middle of the ring, you know? Might as well let everyone see what's going on. That's right. Yeah, and get some true heat for sure from those fans. Those great yeah, fans exactly. down at Daly's Place. We came down a couple times and watched the show. It's an awesome place. You guys did a great job through everything. Um, you're there at the factory now. You know, right next door, you said there, there's wrestlers training. Your wealth of knowledge and your experience is many, many years in the making. What do you tell someone on day one of wrestling school who is interested in becoming a wrestler? What is your advice as soon as they walk in the door, essentially? Put on those boots. With AEW. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, it is true. I do say that right out the gate. Hey, we're not affiliated with AEW. Like, you're going to come here. You're going to work hard. Hey, if something happens, great. Nothing is guaranteed. Uh, I treat wrestling like school Mm -hmm. uh, in the sense that it's a report card. So these are your subjects, your promo, your look, your gear, uh, your in-ring work, your etiquette backstage, your social media skills, yada, yada. And, and, and the the more A's that you get, the better chance you have at succeeding. The the more D's you have, there's a good chance you ain't going to make it, you know? And at the same time, like, you can have all A's, but if your etiquette sucks, you're done. You know, we want people that we want to work with. Yeah. So no one wants to be around someone that's a headache all the time. So uh, Cody really stresses that with the campers about, you know, just the disrespect between people when they're going over matches and, you know, right. You know, I'm a little inside baseball here, but like, you know, uh, hey, you know, why do you want to do this to me? I don't think that makes my character. Like, who gives it? Just have fun, man. Right. No, not that the casual fan isn't worried about how your character is perceived after you take that move and whether you kick out at two or one and a half. Like, no one gives a crap. Right. You know, you just give them the best show possible. And when you have people that are arguing over these minuscule things, and I used to be one of them. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I used to be one of them. <laughs> now it's like, what do you want to do? Hey, if I work like a local guy, and I'll be honest with them up front, hey, you're not getting a lot. It is what it is. <laughs> but, but I don't want you to think that we don't care about you. So this is for me. But is there one thing that you think is going to impress us? Because that's all it takes. It sure. takes one thing. As long as when it comes to in-ring wrestling, right. when it comes to the whole package, of course, but you should already have that. I shouldn't be worried about you showing up without – TV ready gear. I shouldn't be worried about you showing up, you know, out of shape. And that doesn't mean you need a six pack. That just means whatever your character is, it should match what your body looks like. Right. So I tell them that, Hey, you might get to do two things, pick the greatest two things you could possibly do. As long as they fit that we can make it work. I'm going to get, I'm, my job is to help you as well, but you have to help me. 
And I was the guy on the other side a year ago, a year and a half ago, mm -hmm. right? And I was losing in two minutes. And if you push through that, you can come to the other side. Mm -hmm. You just have to know that. And it's much easier than someone telling me what they want to do than me going to someone else and then having them deliver the message and yada, yada. It's just, you know, and people get mad all the time. Oh, QT's mean. Sure, whatever. I just took your, you know, I'm in the middle of, getting ready to wrestle Cody Rhodes and I let you beat me up for two minutes. Like, right. Am I really mean, you know, yeah. what I mean? maybe you didn't get to do your double Canadian destroyer <laughs> but at the same time. Like I sold for you, right. and you. You've never been seen before. So like you just have to look at it certain ways. So, um, you know, again, uh, it's not very popular, but at least I'm honest. You ain't ever going to get mad at me for lying to you, you know? No, and, and, and QT, I think that there's a special – there's there's a need for that, right, in, in, the, in a pro wrestling locker room and in, in, in truly any upstart business. I mean, you've been part of this from the get-go. And, you know, now it's easy to kind of take advantage – like some people can look at AEW, wow, you guys are a well-oiled machine. You're hitting a million-plus viewers every week. You know, the content's been incredible and can – sort of forget the struggles and the stress and the work and the, all that, that goes into creating an upstart company. Yeah. We've had the, the blessing of being able to talk to a couple other talents in, in AEW and universally across the board, everybody talks about the backstage environment, QT. And, and you mentioned it on, you, you mentioned your Q and a on Twitter. I'm, I'm like a personal defense uh, secretary for QT Marshall on Twitter. I'm always on <laughs> yeah. there defending you. I love you to death. And, and I noticed your Q&A, you talked a little bit about, you know, how you have so many vets in this, in the, in AEW and, and obviously great youth in AEW too, but a lot of veterans who kind of keep the creative process flowing in a mature way. It's not like, let's sit down and, and take notes on everything. Can you give us a little bit of like, who are some of the other guys that you look at when you look around, especially as a truth teller, like you, man. Who are some other names in AEW that you see or who are emerging as obviously who are we know the Jerichos and things like that, but who are emerging as guys who you could see becoming those locker room leaders as AEW moves forward? Man. So of course, you know, you have your your jungle boys, your Darby, stuff like that, right? Like those guys, the young ones, MJFs that are well beyond their years already. Mm -hmm. uh, because they treat it a lot differently than most people at their age, right? So I look at those guys. I also look at like the the ones that are kind of my age-ish, a little bit younger as well, that are still older souls maybe, mm -hmm. right? Like they're not just, you know, and I, I look at those kind of guys. And I also just really try to pay attention to how people are backstage and what they're doing with their time, you know? Mm -hmm. like, are they not people that are just going around and like, hey, I know it also, listen to me. But it's also like, mm -hmm just being available and sitting down and watching other things. And then, Hey, did you happen to see that? Or, Hey, you know, what'd you think? Or, you know, obviously there's always going to be clicks and people coming from the same schools and this, that, and the other. And then you have guys that are just back there. Like I always say like Jake Roberts and, you know, Tully Blanchard. And it's like, I have a great relationship with Tully, like more, probably a better relationship than maybe some in the pinnacle. Like it is what it is, you know, behind the scenes. Uh, one, because I was the first person to ever interact with him. Besides Cody, hmm. um, you know, when it came time to do business. Also, he sees what I go through and, you know, he respects it. Uh, and at the same time, like, I want to learn as much as I can. And why wouldn't I learn from those guys that wow. legitimately drew money? You know what I mean? Like money, money, not, you know, 
uh, listen, we all make great money now, but that's, there's a lot of other factors into play, you know? So, uh, like I said, he's someone that I always go to with stuff and sometimes he'll give me advice and I don't use it either. Like I'll just do what I was going to do anyway. And I'll tell him, Hey, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I'm going to try this. If it doesn't work, Hey, I will, I will be the first one to come back and say, Hey, that didn't work, you know, <laughs> but at the same time, don't tell me exactly how to do stuff because I want to, I want to learn. And yeah. it's easy for you just tell me do X, Y, and Z. I'm just going to go do X, Y, and Z. And if it works, cool. But at the same time, like, that's not fun. Mm -hmm. You know, what's fun is like me telling you my ideas and you looking at me like I have 30 heads and then I go out there and do it. And then sometimes it works. It's like, man, that, that cartwheel flip thing you did that I thought was ridiculous made the whole place go nuts. And I'm like, well, if it's the only thing they saw, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Getting my butt kicked, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, it's a great atmosphere backstage. It really is. Um, you know, but we have just a lot of fun. It's just a yeah, bunch man. Of people like, li like, again, living their dream. And it starts with Tony. This is his dream was owning a wrestling company. So, you know, it starts at the top. I know, love it. To become a millionaire off of wrestling. You know what I mean? It was just to run a wrestling show. Right. So, and he's running that. a great one. Yeah. And we see the passion he has. And, you know, we all just try to give him our absolute best. That's great leadership. I mean, starting from the top, I mean, you want to strive as a whole, as a team, because as AEW, that's like we talked about the common theme that we hear from others is you guys are a team uplifting others. You know, yep. it's not someone trying to get the top spot, you know, the behind the scenes politics. It seems like AEW genuinely just cares overall as a success overall. No individual big heads. And you guys are handpicking these superstars joining, you know, every single week, it seems like more and more are joining your roster is so deep. Ooh. It's, it's such a fun time to be an AW yeah. fan, man. Yeah. It's great it's stuff. Cool. I mean, and again, it's one of those things that I welcome everybody because, Hey, what's the worst that's going to happen. They're going to, I'm not going to get a spot on TV. Okay. I got to work harder then. Yep. It is what it is. I'm not going to wish, you know, these, uh, Oh, we're going to sign the rock, right? Like <laughs> obviously that's, not Breaking right news. <laughs> Breaking news. QT Marshall. Yeah, clickbait, right? But right. like if someone said we're going to sign The Rock, I'm not going to say, oh, my no. God, we're going to sign The Rock. He's going to show up and work once. A no, I'm going to be like, oh, my God, that's great. How many more eyes are going to be on us? Right. I hope to get a spot on the episode that he's on. He's you know what I mean? And that's, yeah. that's the mentality you should have. Of um, so, you know, again, I think a lot of us do have that mentality. And the yeah. ones that don't, they don't, they haven't shown it yet to the point where, because, again, I think we would just cut ties with them. It's just right. not worth it. No one wants the headache, you know. And AEW is, unless you're the Chris Jericho's, the Cody's, the Moxley's, or any of those really, really, really higher ups, AEW is what draws. It's yeah. not one individual. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's the biggest thing is that, and I'm not saying it in a way where, oh, well, everyone's replaceable. I'm saying it in a way that that's what makes us who we are is that it's the show. Like we're selling out an arena a pay-per-view with not one match being announced. I know. So what happens if you, to, <laughs> if you go to all out and it's literally all the guys and girls you see on elevation, you're still going to get a sure. great show. Exactly. You might not get the, the big stars that you want, but it'll still be a great wrestling show. And that's what we do. So of course we're not going to do that, but right. at the end of the day, like if we did, so what yep. it's going to be a great show. You and talked about yeah. yeah. You talked about the report card and, and AEW is a lot about. I mean, you could just they check a lot of the boxes, man. It's 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 entertainment, but it's great pro wrestling. There's a great blend of that, and the brand itself is is redefining what it means to be a pro wrestling fan right now. It, yeah. it absolutely is. 
As we, I mean, we could talk to you. Thank you so much again, QT. Yeah, man. All night, just shoot, shooting the breeze. But we know your time is valuable. Um, but I like to end our interviews like a quick, fast five questions, sure. kind of off the cusp. So I'm going to ask yeah. you fast five questions, and we'll wrap things up. We really appreciate the time. I'm uh, just looking. I love that I didn't capitalize the letters in my name. <laughs> it's just like lowercase Q. Like I was, I was trying to figure out I'm getting in. I'm just like uh, QT, boom, and then I'm like, oh, well, that's weird. Yeah, that'll yeah. work. Yeah. No headphones. I'm like the most old school possible. Like, no, uh, your your office is you awesome. Know? We were commenting on that uh, all that memorabilia back there. It looks like an awesome office. So yeah, this isn't mine. This is oh. the our partnership with our facility. Oh. Uh, long, real quick, Chip Smith is like a world renowned NFL coach that he actually nice. is with the NFL alumni right now, hmm. and he's put over you know two thousand athletes into the NFL. So that's amazing. His, like, wow. These are all amazing. the athletes he's not all of them. These are just a couple that he's trained. There's a whole wall on the other side of every night wow. team, all the people that he's trained, you know, Brian Erlacher, Cam Newton, like all of these guys. Uh, the last one that just came out of here that, you know, was Jalen Hurst. From, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So they are likes that story, you know, cause he's an Oklahoma guy. So. Oh yeah. oh yeah. But yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, this is his office, not mine. Oh, man. Well, it's, it's a nice office place, either way. It's the quiet place with the air conditioning. And the <laughs> room, so. Right. I'm in this. Uh, I'm at a hotel on the road in this room. Okay. The office center is no AC, so I'm like dying right now. So, and you're lucky, man. You guys got the yeah. the nice cool shirts on, and I'm sweating over here in my. Yeah, this one is very nice. It's. Uh, <laughs> I just got it. It's very. It breathes really nicely. Let's put it that way. So Are we gonna see? My arms look good. So. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, there you go, QT. <laughs> Are we gonna see any of those uh, bowling shirts in the AEW shop store? Man, I wish. I, if we could figure out how to do it, I'm not good at that stuff. Get so, a factory logo on the Sarah right across the chest, right there. You know. I'll tell I you think- what, design one and send it to me, and hey! I'll send it to them if they can do it. If it's profitable, and they, you know, they make All it right. work, I would love to do it. Yeah, we'll wear know. them to the all out. We'll see you at all out with our bowling shirts. There you shirts go. Yeah, we'll take it. I rocked it with pride, man. There it's you fantastic. Go. <laughs> all right. So the fast five questions. All right. First one, QT. If you could have any band perform your entrance music, who would it be? I know. Oof. I know. <laughs> oh man, we're not really a fast five. Fast five. Uh, yeah, well, okay. we can go to my entrance music is is very rockish, like yeah. meaning the rock and roll. Right. Um Bon Jovi. Oh, really? Bon Jovi, yeah. Nice. I like I that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Good. Maybe down the line when you guys when you will start selling out those big stadiums, yeah, outdoors, we'll you can have a live there performance. You go. Yeah, let's set it out there. We'll we'll okay. mention it to Bon Jovi. Sounds good. Sounds All right, good. so favorite cheat meal. Oh man. So uh, <laughs> Watching the wrestler, we know you like your snacks and stuff. Yeah, snacks and stuff. I mean, I'm a Reese's guy. Like Reese's peanut butter cups, Reese's fast bread. I mean, my cheat go-to dessert is some kind of ice cream, uh, moose tracks maybe, throw some peanut butter in there, a lot of Reese's, uh, and just go to town until I just literally can't move. And then I I put it under the sink and I melt it so I don't eat anymore. Okay. Uh, When it comes to real food, (laughs) I think – I like a lot of like burgers and stuff okay. um, and macaroni and cheese. I kind of grew mm. up on that. I haven't had it in a while uh, just because it's, you know, it's a lot yeah. to, then you got to wash the dish and all that stuff. But <laughs> yeah, burgers are, you know, I don't okay. know. I just like to eat, you know, Chipotle yeah. like burritos and uh, sandwiches and, you know, fire, uh, firehouse subs. Okay. All right. Yeah. 
I, I can eat a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is a, a dream stadium you haven't performed in that you'd like to perform in? Mm. It's going to sound crazy, but I would love to wrestle at Yankee Stadium. Oh, that'd be great. Like, like you know, they'd Shea Stadium back in the – like Yankee mm-hmm. Stadium to wrestle there. Now, arena-wise, of course, you know, growing up, uh, the Garden would have been – you know, that's where I used to go there sure. in the Continental Airlines Arena, which is – Izod Center, which no one really uses anymore. Right. Um, so that would be pretty cool. Uh, you know, I did get to perform here in Atlanta when we did our show here. Nice. Uh, I was like the first match after Dynamite happened. So some of the people had kind of left a little bit, but it was still, it was cool. It was like all my students were there. It was my first win ever in AEW. So really it meant cool. a lot to me. Um, so yeah, but at Yankee Stadium, outdoors. Cool. It, it brings both. I'm a huge baseball guy right. and wrestling. Put them both together. Grew up a big Yankee fan. It would be yeah. just so cool. When you guys go there, I'll be there. I live in New York now. So I've oh, been there you go. the yeah. past 11 years. I'll be there. Uh, so hopefully that will happen. I could totally see that happening. Yeah. Uh, who throws the hardest chops in AEW? I'm a sucker for a good chop. <laughs> uh, Penta. Yeah. Yes, we've talked yeah. about that. It's we talked to Danny chops. Limelight, and we were like, "Who's harder, Penta or Ray?" Those both those guys are some brutal chops. Yeah. So both of those guys, we did a match, and uh, they chopped me both in the throat. Oh my! And like, <laughs> I don't know why, and I don't know how it all came down, and whether it was on purpose. I don't really care. I don't even think about those things. But right, I just remember going like, <laughs> and then like I just rolled in the ring, and Cody, I came in the back, and Cody's like. You just went full on like no sell, huh? And I was like, you chopped me in the throat. Like I, it didn't hurt. It was like more offensive than anything, you know. Right. But uh, when we did our singles match on uh, Dark or whatever, you know, we had a lot of fun. But I remember him chopping me and me thinking like, and I don't like to chop. Like right. it hurts my hand. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I know. You know? Uh, so <laughs> I don't hit back. So I just, you know, hey, here's my, my here's my punch, and you know, yada yada yada. And I'm just thinking like, good God, you know. Um, Lance Archer hits pretty hard too. I can only imagine taking and, something. And, and you know, of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about you know I was uh, Brody Lee's first match, and there was no oh, one in the nice. audience. It was second week of, of the pandemic, and I just remember it was not cold out. It was still warm out because it was March, and just no audience though. Mm. And he chopped me, and I just remember thinking like, oh my, you know, when the crowd is there, it's different. Right, you can feel it, and, and it's you don't feel anything. You feel them, right? You don't feel mm-hmm. the pain until afterwards. And there's no one there, and it's just you two and a referee and a doctor, oh, you know, and, you and Cody on commentary. Cody and Tony Schiavone on commentary, and I'm just every single thing hurt, you know. Oh man! Um, but I, I mentioned it again today on Twitter. Someone asked me my best memory of AEW, and I said, looking back now, it's definitely that. It's having the the you know the privilege to say that I was the first guy to work with him and re- remembering how we went about it and how bad he felt that what the story was that night right. especially I had just started teaming with Dustin and but we needed somebody that could do the job mm-hmm. uh, on you know part in the you know she was really? one, right. you know, <laughs> to do the job right. uh, being on live TV and um, you know giving this guy the 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 start he really needed to tell that his story. And my story was going to come eventually, right? And I just remember how great he was about it. So uh, that's a special memory, very, very special memory. And you guys, as a whole, in AEW, have done an outstanding job. Everything, weathering that storm and everything, um, yeah. with negative one, 
Uh, don't don't bring him up. I'll, I'll knock him right <laughs> off his shoulders. You know, I can't wait till he turns 18 years old. <laughs> you beat him up too, I cannot wait. I've told his mother many times when he turns 18, I don't care how how old I am. Like we're we're having a match. <laughs> You this know, is why match. I love you, QT. Yeah, we are having you that. Had us get, because... You had us getting sentimental about you and all this stuff. Yeah. And I'm going to beat yeah, that just take it the other way, you know? I love yeah. it. Last question. Um, right real quick. If you could have a meal with any three people, alive or dead, who would you want to have a meal with? Wrestler or non-wrestler? Anyone. Matter. Anyone in Anybody. the world. Okay. Any three people. Sorry to put you on the spot. Like That's that. okay. No. So one of them is definitely going to be a Yankee. Okay. It would, it would probably be Derek Jeter. Nice. That would be one Good of them. Good choice for sure. Uh, the second one is definitely going to be wrestling related. Uh, normally I would say like Razor Ramon, right? But I've had dinner with him many times when he was wow. living in Orlando. So amazing. I would check him off the box. Um, Macho Man Randy Savage. I think so. That would be the wrestler one. Legend. And – the other one, not to get all you know sentimental, would be my grandmother, that I don't have That's the special. opportunity to. So, yeah, those would be the three. It'd be a real messed up table, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Macho man, would be like, grandma, you know, and she'd be yelling at him about you know not using his fork the right way. And oh, I love it. it. It would be a you know definitely an entertain. Derek Jeter would just be like, I don't want to. What did I get myself you know? into? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, I am I getting paid for you know so. Yeah, that would be the three. It would be it would be highly entertaining if you put it on on camera. I love so, it because my grandmother wouldn't sell for any of them. Be like, yeah, well, whatever. I don't care. What have you done? Who did you beat? You know, he's like four World Series, five World, you know, and uh, all these championships. Like, yeah, have you tasted my chicken cutlets? You know, like, okay, well, you know, you're right, Grandma. You know, so. you do make a mean chicken cutlet, Grandma. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's why I'm 40 pounds overweight, Grandma. You know, because <laughs> you know you got to eat every single one because she didn't work over that that oven without you know to just leave food line around. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I love it, QT. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Um, of course, of you course. Know, QT, we know fun. you got a lot going on, um, and there are a lot of fans who are excited to see what you got going on with the Sammy's vlog coming up. Oh yeah, I'm back. I'm yeah, back. baby. We filmed a good bit last night that'll air on Tuesday. Uh, I'm excited for it. You know, I think a lot has changed since I was last on there, and uh, you know, some new characters, some old ones that have maybe gotten a little bit. Their heads have grown a little bit too big. So <laughs> okay, come in there, you know, you got the truth our, teller QT Marshall coming okay. along. He'll, he'll knock when, you down a peg. That's right. Just when you think. <laughs> just when you think. You know, I'm going to tell you how it really is. So. I love it, QT. So we love following you on social. Where can people find you and where can they people buy some of your gear? So uh, AEW shop or shop AEW pro wrestling tees. Uh, I actually just signed up for the shout deal. Yeah. Which is like or shoot deal. That's their, you know, their cameo type deal. And it's a better <clears throat> deal for the wrestlers. Um, so I just signed up for that. We're, I just got an order last night and it was like awesome. the first day. So I'm excited. I, you know, I'm trying to reach more people. Uh, just so they can, again, I think the wrestling character I portray compared to the person that I am, uh, just two completely different things. And I just want them to, you know, again, that's why I try to do a lot of these interviews. I want people to understand like, oh my God, this guy is a Yankee fan and this and that. And, you know, right. I didn't know that about him. And uh, so there's that Twitter, real M Marshall one. Uh, someone has QT Marshall. So like that bothers me and that's I don't want to get unverified. So right. 
Uh, we're going to hold on to it for a little bit longer. I'm not a, uh, I'm on Instagram as real QT Marshall as if they're, again, now I know there's a fake one. <laughs> now so. you know. <laughs> uh, so I'm on there. I'm not as active as most people because I am so busy with other stuff. And then when I'm not busy with the other stuff, I just, I try my absolute hardest to give as much time as I can to my wife, which is hmm. not a lot, but I try. Right. Uh, but, you know, with the phone going crazy, it is what it is. So, but I am on there and every once in a while I'll do Q and A's and I'll try to interact with people. Um, so yeah, no, that's, that's where it is. Uh, maybe we, we really got to look into these bowling shirts though. And <laughs> we will. The we thing will is I'm it. a really good bowler. So when someone says it's a bowling shirt, you don't offend me. Right. Like, yeah. I'll bowl a 200, which isn't amazing, but it's much better than what anyone else is going to do, you know, any day of the week. So uh, yeah. And they're comfortable again. Look nice. So the guns look great, and you don't sure. have to really iron them too much. That's the other thing too. So I'm all for it's it. A win-win. It's hey, a nice blend of business casual too, man. You can get your hands dirty, but you still look nice. It's fantastic. I exactly. love it. Exactly. Love if it. You find yourself bowling in Chicago. We'll take you up on a game <laughs> when the all-out weekend. So uh, that'd be some fun time. I know it's going to be a busy weekend. Plus, I noticed on your Instagram story uh, to shift back into that, you're doing some seminars and some meet and greets coming up. Yeah. So. AEW has been really cool about that. I just sent in a whole list of different bookings that I've taken, and uh, most of them are seminar related. Okay. Because it's, you know, not to get too much into the business end of it, but it helps bring me in. It does make money for them, um, mm -hmm. pays me well. Also, we find people, right? Like, yeah. and if I'm a young wrestler, I would much rather just pay a hundred bucks to go put myself in front of the right human being instead of just hoping that someone's going to come knock on my door. That's how I got sure. to ring of honor. I went to a $300 tryout. I was like, yeah, 300 bucks to get in front of the people that are going to hire you. Well, that's a deal. You know what sure. I mean? Yeah. It's only, it's only not a deal if you suck. <laughs> <laughs> so for 34 other people, they hated it, but I was like, oh, this is easy, you know? um, so yeah, I'm trying to, to do some indies uh, safely to not hurt my, you know, AEW stuff, I'm but sure. also, to, to meet some up and comers and hope that I can help them and direct them in the right way. And again, we all win. Right. And, and right now the iron is hot. So I'm, I'm going to, you know, strike. It's a great <laughs> idea. Yeah. And now that the world's opening back up, you know, hopefully everything's yeah. going well. So I'm just going to take advantage of it as much as I can. Great, man. Thank you so much, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. And You're I, welcome. we're, Huge fans, like so we much, said. So much love and respect for you, QT. We could Thank talk you. to you for hours. We would love to, but we know you're a busy man. So thanks, thanks so much.